Hey there, Lisa Schwartz here. Welcome to my podcast, Teach and Talk with Lisa, where we are unpacking biblical principles with everyday words and applying them to our everyday lives. Welcome back to my series on the greater works of the Holy Spirit. This is episode two, where we're going to be taking a look at some biblical examples of where people receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. More specifically, we're going to be taking a look at Jesus and where he received um, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. In episode one, I shared a little bit about um, my experience um, of when I first came into that in second encounter of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to continue sharing uh, throughout these series about how, um, how and why I came into the baptism of the Holy Spirit and how it impacted the ministry and the work that God had for me to do. But today, I want to pick up where I left off and talking about how I started to come into an understanding of uh, that there was something more for me, that I didn't want to just be a persuasive minister who spoke with persuasive, persuasive teaching, um, and I didn't want my message to be of man's wisdom, but God really began to allure me into recognizing the, the importance of the demonstration part of the gospel. Um, in other words, that the kingdom of heaven is not a matter of talk, but it's a matter of power. And so when I started really allowing myself to be curious, uh, started exposing myself to things that I otherwise maybe would have avoided, thinking it was weird, thinking it was um, not of God, um, I get, took the courage um, to not be afraid, um, to be curious and really trusted the Holy Spirit to navigate me um, with wisdom um, and then I would go back to the scriptures and allow the scriptures to be my anchor. The first place I went was um, to looking at the example of Jesus. And I want to share some of the things that I discovered um, with you today about what scripture said. Um, passages that I had always read, but as the Holy Spirit was leading me down this path, I was getting a revelation that I had never gotten before because I wasn't reading according to the system that had always taught me. I wasn't allowing it to be read to me, but I was allowing the Holy Spirit to bring revelation through what I was reading. So I'm saying that because if you are watching this, I want you to grab a piece of paper and a pen, and I'm going to give you uh, the references of any scriptures that I'm reading, and I do not want you to let me feed you truth. I trust the Holy Spirit to reveal to you right where you're at, what he wants you to know, your truth for you. It is time that we allow the Holy Spirit to be our wonderful counselor, to be the teacher that is within us. The scripture tells us in 1 John that we don't need anybody else to teach us because there is a teacher within us. Listen, I'm not negating the importance of mentorship and learning and gaining knowledge and the wisdom that there is and seeking the counsel of many advisors. Proverbs is very clear about that. But when we allow the counsel and the teaching of other people to be the only teaching that we sit under or to be um, exalted above the teaching of the Holy Spirit and you never actually sit in the presence of God and let him teach you through the word of God, um, that's where I think we get into problems. Um, so I want you to really, um, that's what the scripture says with the Bereans, that they received the works and the signs, but then they went back and they confirmed it through the word. So I want us to really have the attitude of a Berean um, in the scriptures where we hear, uh, we're willing to experience, um, but we're always going to go back to the scriptures and ask for the confirmation through the scriptures. So whenever I minister um, and the Holy Spirit begins to move and people are speaking in tongues, maybe falling out slain, healing is happening. I always say, hey, let's talk about what's happening and let's talk about what the scripture says about these things. And so I'll point back to evidence 
um, places in scripture where we see the glory of the Lord falling into a place where people fall down as though they were dead. Um, evidence where we see people beginning to speak in different languages, an opening of the hearing of the ears where people begin to hear in their own languages, um, evidence of demons being cast out, not just by G Jesus, but also the disciples. Remember, we talked about how we would do even greater works than Jesus. So I'm going to be really pounding you with scriptures, um, and I want you to let the Holy Spirit, through the word of God, teach you and counsel you. All right, so let's go back to uh, 1 John 3, 8. Um, so write that down. It says, for this purpose, the son of man was manifested that he might destroy the work of the devil um, and the works of the devil in our lives. And I talked um, in the other episode, in the first episode about how I struggled with depression, um, clinical depression, panic anxiety attacks, and how I got tired of managing those things in my life and how I really began to ask God, like, what does it look like to be set free from these things, to really overcome these things? The Bible says that you're more than a conqueror in Christ. Um, and so we are designed to walk um, in the freedom that comes from the destruction of the work, works of the devil in your life, not the management of the works of the devil in your life. But when Jesus came, this was his assignment. This was his commission by God. He was given the authority to destroy the works of the devil. And so we see Jesus every time he was confronted with any kind of demonic stronghold, any time he was confronted with any sickness, any affliction, any storm, any conflict, anything that was out of order in the scene, he came with the backing and the authority of heaven with the Father's authority and he brought order, he brought healing, he brought deliverance into that place. So we see when Jesus enters onto into a scene that things began to shift. People begin to get set free. Demons begin to flee. All of this happens. Um, however, none of this takes place until Jesus had his own encounter with the Holy Spirit. Um, and so that's what I want to talk to uh, talk to you about today. When Jesus came, his very incarnate nature nature was uh, the nature of God, the character of God, the person of God. He came in the likeness of God. He carried the personality of God. But it wasn't until he had that encounter, that second encounter with the Holy Spirit, that he began to flow in the miracles and the signs and the manifestation. Of God, So there was something even more that Jesus needed. There was something that he needed in order to be released into his mission. So we know that for 30 years, he was, this does not negate the deity of God. This does not diminish the, the deity of Jesus. I'm sorry. Um, but it reminds us of the reality of Jesus's humanity. Um, the Bible says in Hebrews 2.7, write that down, Hebrews 2.7, um, that he willingly took on the form of a man and placed himself lower than the angels. It says in Hebrews 2.7, you have made him for a little while lower than the angels. You crowned him with glory and with honor. Um, now, if, if you continue to watch uh, my YouTube channel, you'll see a lot of times I talk about the difference between the glory of the Lord and the anointing of the Lord. Uh, in Moses, when he says, show me your glory, um, God passes by Moses. When Moses says, show me your glory, he passes by him and he begins to say, this is who I am. Um, and so he's talking about his person, the character, the nature of God. But when the nature of God begins to manifest here on earth and begins to move to where we can see evidence of his supernatural nature, that's the anointing. 
Um, and so when it says you made him in the glory and the honor, um, meaning he carried the person and the deity of God at his incarnation, Jesus willingly gave up the place he had with the father. Um, but he still carried the personality or the nature of the father. In Philippians 2, 6 and 2, 7, write that down. Again, you guys, please do your homework. Allow the Holy Spirit to teach you. It says, although he, meaning Jesus, existed in the form of God, he did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. Meaning he relinquished his equality with God in terms of his power and his position, but not his identity. So he came in the identity of God, the nature of God, the character of God. But it wasn't until the baptism of Jesus that he took on the power of God through the Holy Spirit coming upon him. Stick with me on this. I'm walking you through how we see that Jesus, like us, in our salvation, we take on the nature and the identity of God when the Holy Spirit comes rushing into us. But we have yet to take on the power or the manifestational works, the ministry of God until we experience the Holy Spirit coming upon us. Okay, I need you to follow me on this because I'm telling you, I lived the majority, well, not the majority anymore because I'm 48, but I lived a lot of my life until I was 30, 31. I didn't get saved until I was 18. That's when the Holy Spirit came into me. And then from 18 till about 32, I lived um, disempowered. I was filled with the nature of God, the character of God. I tried to function um, out of my own flesh in some regard to overcome depression, all of these things. But it wasn't until I experienced the coming upon of the Holy Spirit that I was able to utterly destroy the works of the devil in my own life. Um, and so this is what I'm talking about. All right, so let me get back to scripture. We talked about Hebrews 2, 7, how he uh, made him say he was placed lower than the angels. Again, not diminishing the deity of Jesus, but rather the also re rather recognizing the reality of his humanity as well. Um, and, and what this means for us is that it, it was a game changer for me when I began to realize, wait a minute, Jesus... When he did signs, miracles, and wonders, he was functioning 100% as a human under the unction, under 100% of the unction of the Holy Spirit. So he carried the nature of God, the identity of God, but the power of God was through the unction of the Holy Spirit coming upon him. Um, in uh, John 1.32, John the Baptist testified saying, I have seen the spirit ascending as a dove out of heaven and he remained upon him. The he meaning the Holy Spirit. Okay. The Holy Spirit remained upon him, meaning Jesus. So what was, what was going on all before this? Was the Holy Spirit not upon him before that? And again, this does not diminish the deity. I need you to understand. Don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that he wasn't still in the likeness or the deity did not carry embody the person of God. I'm saying until this place, until this point of his baptism, he had not received the uponing of the Holy Spirit to flow in the power of God. 
Um, so he needed this portion in order to enter into his ministry because it's from this point on that Jesus begins to flow in his ministry. It's not until this point that he begins to have evidence of the signs and the miracles and wonders, the healings, the deliverances, uh, the feeding of the multitude, the walking on the water, all of the signs and the miracles, the evidence that he was God came after the uponing of the Holy Spirit. I know I am repeating myself several times, but I feel like it was such a paradigm shift for me. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have been missing this my entire life because I've simply received what I was taught and never took time, was never courageous enough to be curious, to really enter into the word of God and allow the Holy Spirit to disciple me into the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's why I keep telling you to go back to the word. Don't let me tell you what to believe. Y'all don't let anybody else tell you what to believe as well. All right, so in Luke chapter 3, uh, verse 21, it says, when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while he prayed, the heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven, which said, you are my beloved son in you. I am well pleased. And remember again, in, in John 1:32, John the Baptist says that he saw the spirit descending as a dove out of heaven and it remained upon him. The uponing of the spirit was necessary for Jesus to begin his ministry of demonstrating signs, miracles, and wonders. Going back to Mark chapter 16, which I read to you yesterday or in the, the, the episode before this, um, I want you to look that up where it says, then the people, then the disciples went and they ministered the gospel, but there were accompanying signs that confirmed the word. And this is my fear is that we have made the gospel all about a teaching, all about knowledge, all about giving the word. We have made it all a matter of talk and we are not making, uh, we're not allowing the accompanying signs to confirm the word. Again, I'm going to refer you to my book, Discipleship from Information to Execution, where I talk about how Jesus um, called the disciples to follow him. Then he taught the disciples, but then he demonstrated what he was teaching. He always gave a teaching and then he gave a demonstration to accompany and confirm the word. So there was always a sign that confirmed the word. So in other words, when he would say, uh, the kingdom of heaven is like, the kingdom of heaven is like, he was teaching them what the kingdom of heaven is like. And then he would say, okay, let me demonstrate. And he would follow up with the healing of the legion of demons, the healing with the woman uh, with the issue of blood, the raising of Jairus's daughter. Um, so we see that in Mark chapter four, boom, 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 the demonstration of the full gospel of deliverance, healing, that restoration of life. Um, so it's more than just a matter of talk. We should be seeing evidence of the gospel through demonstrations in our own lives and in the lives of those around us. Um, so this is, y'all, I'm so passionate about this because we are living like Lazarus where Jesus resurrects us 
from the dead through salvation, but we still have all these burial claws of anger, depression, anxiety, frustration, discouragement, addiction, temptation, whatever it is, and we're still, we're walking around saved and resurrected through our salvation, but still very broken and very disempowered. That's why the series is so important to me. So in the next episode, we're going to be talking about when the disciples received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the breath of Jesus coming in them, but yet the, the, the um, imploring that he said, but don't leave the city until you are endued with a power from upon high. So again, we see two encounters of the Spirit coming in them and then coming upon them. So we're going to walk through those scriptures. Again, I want you to take time to look up these passages for yourself so the, and pray. Y'all pray. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal truth to you. Even if you, if, it, if none of this is news to you and you are already walking um, in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, um, I'm going to be challenging you as well to making sure that you also are operating in the nature of God as well. Because you can't have, if you have the anointing without the glory, it's incomplete. If you have the glory without the anointing, it's incomplete. We're talking about both of them working together. Uh, the person, the nature, the deity of God through Christ in us. Um, and then also the empowerment um, flowing out of us because of the Holy Spirit being upon us. Okay, I'm giving you a lot of information, but I want you to be empowered to walk in the fullness of your purpose. This is all connected with your assignment here on earth. That is your mission. That is your ministry. Whatever purpose that God has put into you. For those of you who have been watching all of my episodes who know my message, you know that I talk about enforcing purpose. And we're talking about how to enforce your purpose, not out of your own strength, but through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit upon you. Okay, you guys, so that's it for today. Let's spread the word that the Holy Spirit is alive and is well and has more for you, has more for your friends, has more for us as a kingdom people, more power that we can be walking in so that we can take our rightful stand here on the earth. Remember, enforcing purpose, it starts with you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can also find me on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, or you can check out my other podcast show, Enforcing Purpose with Lisa Schwartz. For general information or resources, head to my website at www.lisa-schwartz.com. Thanks for listening.